This is the Metal Set. Hi, this is Dawn, an ultra cyclist and sports PR specialist. And I'm Afshan, an endurance athlete and journalist. And we're on a quest to bring you stories of tenacity, courage, and metal. From athletes in the Middle East and beyond. Hi guys, Afshan here. Dawn and I are enjoying a summer away from our adopted home Dubai. But as always, thinking about you, our listeners, and how we can bring you the most diverse and relatable chats with athletes and experts from the region and beyond. If you've arrived at our show for the first time, welcome. There's a lot of amazing content to go through. And hit that like and subscribe button for future updates and episodes. If you've been following us for a while, you're always in good company. Keep listening and loving as always. Please also follow us on our socials at The Metal Set on Instagram, YouTube and LinkedIn. Dawn introduced our summer series in the last episode, dedicated to the beginner's mindset, which undoubtedly will take anyone listening down memory lane. I vividly remember mine. It was a 90-kilometer undulating gradient bike race in the Leva Desert, in the far-flung western region of the UAE. Just two months after learning how to ride a bike in 2020, having missed that milestone completely as a child. Unshackled from any pressure of time, power or performance and unknown in the stratosphere, the goal was to keep pedaling and be in the moment. Enjoy it. And no matter how the race went, the outcome would lead to growth, personal and athletic. Ultra cyclists who Dawn interviews in episode 41 recount the first time they found themselves on the start line of a race. Their journey is energizing. And if you haven't already listened to it, we've dropped a link in the show notes for you. Today, I'm bringing you start line stories from athletes who don't just take on one challenge, but three different ones in a single day. Triathletes compete in swimming, biking, and running in that order over total distances ranging from short sprints of 12.9 kilometers to long distances that go up to 226 kilometers. You'll hear from Asma Al-Janahi, John Senger, Katrina Mali, and Zara Al-Khalisi, all triathletes who found this multi-sport at different stages of their lives. You'll find yourselves in their experiences, like jumping into the unknown, fear of doing something for the first time, and falling ill but showing up to see how resilient you can be anyway. What's uplifting is that they all endured and kept returning to learn and grow from each race. In her book, A Life Without Limits, A World Champion's Journey, Chrissy Wellington, the English former professional triathlete and four-time Ironman triathlon world champion, describes her mindset as there's never a destination, just the impulse to grow. My only policy though, she says, has been to keep an open mind and whatever I may do, to give it my all. Which is exactly what I took away from listening to the experiences shared in this episode. Before I give the floor to the athletes in today's show, I'd like to say that there are few commonalities in beginners. The eagerness to improve, building one's self-confidence, enthusiasm to transform, and above all, humility. Even as we grow in our sports, it will serve us well to remind ourselves of those beginner qualities that lead to a growth mindset. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Asma Janahi from UAE. I was born and lived all my life in Dubai with my family. I've always been involved in sports in different levels. So whether it's just playing with 
my siblings uh, and then to school uh, it started all with football so i was like a big fan and a big uh, you know crazy about football and then when i turned a teenager i started playing tennis and that was one of the things i loved to do and then during university i was doing fencing and then i landed in triathlon five years ago my first triathlon was i think about five years ago in 2018 i started with a woman's triathlon just out of curiosity i just wanted to challenge myself and do something new while i was involved a little bit in the, in the cycling community as well so i just wanted to experience something new and i was never planning to get into triathlon so seriously and here we are now <laughs> the preparation for the first race was quick short and just like it came out of nowhere so they announced that women's triathlon before it happens like uh, three weeks and then i contacted sarah harris who's a coach that i know and i'm like hey a while ago you told me that you're you're a triathlon coach i want to do this triathlon is that possible she was like yeah sure but the funny part was that i was not swimming at all i was just uh, floating but I never learned how to swim like a freestyle or continuous. And I had to do like a 400 meter or something like that. And that would be my longest distance ever. And for some reason it happened and I got through it. And then I learned swimming after the first race. I actually enjoyed the training by then. So I thought, okay, I hated running and I didn't swim ever in my life. But it was interesting that I was enjoying it. And then I realized that running is not that bad and uh, it's actually therapeutic. I kind of found myself and I uh, started doing like a, a 3K and a 4K and a 5K. So it was the right fit for me. And cycling, of course, because I used to cycle like a few years before getting into a triathlon. So cycling is what got me into a triathlon. And uh, yeah, uh, it just worked out well with the cycling and running. And the swimming was a little bit more challenging. I remember being on a start line. I was a bit nervous by the same time. I did not take this so seriously because it was just a challenge for myself. And yeah, let's do this, take off something from the bucket list and that's it. But I was surprised when I saw my result and I was like fifth overall and uh, like second UA national, something like that. And I was surprised. And this did give me a motivation to continue on. And I knew there is a potential to be better. It was the hardest thing about the race. Obviously, it's swimming. So I just had to keep my own rhythm. And then it was the first time going with the crowd and then it was such a packed bay, so too many people swimming over each other and so so I was just taking a side, trying to be away from the people because I'm already nervous in the water. And then uh, when it comes to the changing part, I had to, because I didn't have anything like triathlon specific and there was nothing existing by then. 
I took like a six or seven minutes just uh, changing to go out from the ladies' club, which was a private woman-only property, and uh, you know wear my hijab and all the cover stuff, and uh, start the cycling. So I think that was the hardest part. Everything else after that went very smooth because the cycling was fun. The running was just like just keep going, just keep going, don't stop, don't walk, just keep going. The vibe of the race was really nice. I really enjoy being like around really, you know, positive people, very, very supportive community. By then, I didn't know anyone from the uh, triathlon community, but I knew like a few coaches from my cycling friends. But, you know, like everything was so nice and comfortable. And then we met new people. So... This was a highlight, actually. And then the second highlight was like, I realized that there is a potential. I never knew I would have a potential on a multidiscipline sport. So this was a highlight. And then I decided to continue on because I had fun. I learned that I found my passion. So it was love from the first race kind of a thing. I learned that there is a potential and it's fun to do like a multi-sport races. The community is amazing. And I felt that I always wanted to come back because it was such a positive experience, to be honest. Despite the fact that, you know, there was a little bit of discrepancy with the results and so, but other than this, I think the whole experience was very positive. And maybe one thing that kept me in triathlon rather than other sports is a very very supportive community and clean environment that the triathlon community has my advice is like why not just go try something new i think the multi-sport or multi-discipline sports has a different flavor than other sports just like myself i found my passion by trying new things and i always wanted to explore other sports until i found my passion in triathlon so you might be the next one I wanted to tell the world that we're not superhumans. Yes, we have our full-time job. Yes, we have other obligations. We have life stress. But we will find time to do what makes us happy. And this has an absolutely big impact on mental health, on happiness, on your life quality, on your health. So having any aspects of physical movement or active life or a sport, whether you compete, whether you're just having a, you know, training for fun, uh, whether you're just socializing, there will always be a positive part of being into a sport that you love. And then for the co consistency or like the sustainability, always choose the sport that you love or the type of a physical activity that you love to do, because otherwise you're definitely going to stop at some point. Hi, my name's John Sanger, uh, 54 years old uh, from the U.S., living in Dubai on and off since 2014, uh, moved to Dubai most recently in 2019, lived in Dubai for four years and have recently moved to Jakarta, Indonesia. So if anybody listening has any good contacts for cycling or triathlon clubs and groups and teams in Jakarta, uh, please let me know. Uh, my sporting background has pretty much always revolved around the water. Um, I've been a water baby since I can remember. Um, I learned to swim when I was one or two years old. My parents put me in the swim classes when I was four or five. Um, I was a lifeguard at our local lake that my grandparents lived on when I was 
eight or 10, swam competitively in high school, I was never even close to good enough to being able to swim competitively in, in college, but I did manage to swim a, a 102 for 100 fly, um, which was good enough for fifth in the state um, when I was a senior in high school. So I guess that's probably the, uh, the pinnacle of my athletic swimming um, competition until I started doing uh, triathlons as an adult. I've also been very big into everything else with the water, whether it's scuba diving or sailing or anything like that. I've been um, competitively sailing most of my life as well. Tough to get away from the water and always enjoyed it, especially when I, I grew up on the coast of the Northeast US. Um, and you could see the water from, from every room in the house except my bedroom, I guess, which gave me more incentive to go out there and, and be in it and do things um, in, on, and around it. I also played football and, and lacrosse when I was when I was younger. Again, was never really great at any of those, but it, it gave me something to do when, when we weren't in, in swimming or sailing season. Kept me busy and kept me uh, out of trouble. Um, okay, my first triathlon. Well, bef- before I get to that, I'm going to give a little background on, on how, I, how I got into doing triathlons. I started out as a runner. Um, I was doing marathons and ultra marathons well before I even considered doing a, a triathlon. All my f- started ran my first marathon in 2005. I ran my first 50-mile uh, race in 2006, and I was just a runner. Again, I could still swim, but I was never a cyclist. You know, um, it wasn't something that I did, and all my friends kept doing triathlons, and they were hounding me to sign up, and I I kept refusing. I kept wanting to improve my, my running performance, and that was as far as I wanted to get, uh, until I was asked to go live in Kurdistan in northern Iraq in 2014. And because of the security concerns, because ISIS was not too far away and there were people getting, you know, shot and kidnapped and other um, not so great things because they were Westerners and they stood out in that area. Um, the company I worked for decided that we were not allowed to go out running and cycling or doing any kind of exercise or anything really outside the grounds of the hotel that we were living in. So I decided, okay, well, that's fine. I will go ahead and get myself a bike and I'll get a trainer and I can put it in my living room in my little apartment in the hotel and I can watch movies, you know, and and get some workout in. And the minute I said I was going to get a bicycle, uh, my wife, my coach and my running partner all said, congratulations, you're going to be a triathlete. I'm like, I really don't want to be a triathlete. They're like, tough, you're getting a bike. We're going to make sure you get a tri bike and we're going to, we're going to start making you at least train for triathlons. So in December of 2014, I was heading back to the U.S. and my coach found a, a tri-bike for me. It was a Scott Plasma 30. It was on sale at a bike store about 45 minutes from my house in Florida. Um, I was there over over Christmas and New Year's and um, went to pick it up. I had my first bike fitting, got it all sorted out, flew back to Dubai because we were staying in Dubai at the time because we had been evacuated out of Iraq for a few months while the security situation was a little bit dicey. So while I was in Dubai, I had this brand new tri bike. I didn't know how to ride it, didn't know how to do anything with it. And the Tri Dubai, the UAE Best Triathlon Club, in the middle of January 2015, so two or three weeks after I bought my bike, uh, had a novice triathlon camp. And they invited, you know, anyone who wanted to sign up. Um, There's about 20 people there, I think, plus three of the Tri Dubai members as volunteer coaches. Um, Edgar Sherman, uh, Emma Phillips, and Kieran Bollard Tremer were our coaches. Um, they volunteer their time to come up for the weekend and teach all of us what we didn't know about triathlons. So I knew how to run. I knew how to swim. Didn't know how to ri- ride a bike. Never tried to clip in my pedals before. Uh, there were people there that had never swum before. So for them, swimming one or two lengths across the pool was their big accomplishment. My big accomplishment for the weekend was being able to clip into my bike, 
right around for five or 10K and then come back to the parking lot and unclip without falling over. Needless to say, I probably fell over half a dozen times in the parking lot before I even took two pedal strokes forward. Um, I think that's part of the learning curve that all of us have as, as cyclists and triathletes. I would have said I, was, I would be embarrassed, but since we were all new at something at this camp, you know, it just, it is what it was. And I'm, I'm very grateful that everybody taught me how to, how to do it effectively. And again, I've, we've all fallen over even, even since then while we've been standing still and you put the wrong foot down. But, you know, my first weekend, you know, my big goal was to unclip successfully. And, and I did. Uh, about two weeks after that, there was a sprint and super sprint triathlon up at Mamzar, um, just north of Dubai. Um, and that was actually my first real triathlon. Again, my goal for that was to get in and out of transition without hitting anybody and without falling over, um, which I managed to do. Um, had a good had a good race. I really enjoyed it. Don't know what my time was. But again, had a lot of fun. And, and sometime after that, my my coach was like, all right, you, you know, I know you're you're going back to live in Iraq, but we're going to we're going to start training you. You need to start signing up for some some races somewhere. So let's get things going. Uh, so in the spring of 2015, I decided to sign up for a half Ironman being held that November. And I signed up for a full Ironman shortly thereafter that was being held a year later in November of 2016. So that was, that was my, my first half. And then my first full came within a year of each other, barely two years from, from when I started doing this whole triathlon and cycling thing. Again, not many races to choose from while I was in Iraq. So those were the those are the ones I could I could pick and get done um, and give me a goal and, and something to do while I was living there um, to shoot for. So that first try uh, Ironman I was doing was Ironman Florida. It was held in November 2016. I started my serious training for it in probably in 2015 as I was training for the half Ironman, which was also in November of 2015. And then we kind of rolled right into full Ironman training. So my, my training for the Ironman took about 11 months. It was you know, a long, gradual, slow buildup. And during the entire time I was training for the Ironman, with the exception of the last three weeks, I was living in a hotel and an apartment in Kurdistan, which meant that I couldn't do anything um, very much outside. The, ho- the hotel did have a, a small 20-meter pool. Uh, no lanes, was more of a splash pool. Um, but if you got in there early in the mornings, you know, I was the only one there and I was able to get my, my laps in. Had to convert all my workouts from, you know, 100 meter this and 200 meter that to, you know, or four times 25s ended up being 520s and, and whatnot. But it was a it was a good experience. I was usually the only one in the pool and had, you know, plenty of time to get in by myself and do whatever workout my, my coach had given me for the day. Uh, the cycling, like I said, was all done in my living room on my trainer. Um, I had a turbo trainer. I didn't have one of the fancy direct drive trainers. It was just a um, a good old-fashioned turbo trainer where you put your wheel on, leave your, your wheel on your bike and just start pedaling away. And I think it was called a Compu Trainer, something like that. Anyway, um, and that's how I did all my training. Uh, my tri-bike was was part of my living room furniture. Um, it, it never moved. It was mounted there all the time. I watched a lot of movies. I was one of the first people using Zwift. I first heard about Zwift in November, December of 2015 as it was just finishing its its beta testing and the first general public rollouts were, were happening. And I, I signed up for my account in December 2015 and have been a, a faithful and sometimes not so eager user of it ever since. But again, it was a lot of fun. My living in Iraq, my work weeks were Sunday through Thursday. So every Friday was my long ride day and I would get on the 
on the bike around 5 or 5.30 in the morning in Iraq. About an hour or two later, there was a, a group of, of guys who were in France and Belgium who would hop on to do their group social rides every Friday morning. And I, I got to know them from, from chatting with them through Zwift. Um, they would always say hi to me. I'd say hi to them. We'd you know, chit-chat a little bit, um, ride together for a little bit. And you know, they'd head off to work and, and I'd keep riding. Um, I actually did my first 100-mile ride um, on my turbo trainer. And it was you know, five or five hours long or so maybe a little bit less than that. And yeah, it was uh, not the ideal training environment for your cycling. I had zero bike handling skills um, on my tri bike just because there was there were no roads to ride it. So when I got to the US a couple of weeks before my race and had to take my bike out to ride, I was, you know, my power was fine, my my strength was fine, but you know, I was really shaky um, on the bike and it took me the full 2 weeks all the way up until the race day to get comfortable being an arrow on the road as opposed to being an arrow um, in my living room. The run training was was kind of a mix. Um, I am not someone who enjoys a treadmill. It's one of the things that I'd much rather be outside and in the you know fresh air and see what's going on around me. Unfortunately, living in being confined to the property of a hotel limits how much you can see going on around you. The unfortunate there was a, a giant park right behind the hotel. Um, apparently it's the biggest green park in all of Iraq. But you know, company security restrictions, even though there were hundreds or thousands of people in there all the time, Iraqis and otherwise, you know, running and, and enjoying all the park had to offer, uh, we were not allowed to go there. So most of my running was, was either on a treadmill or running around the, the parking lot of a hotel. Um, I found a nice, nice little loop that I, if I walked out the back door and I ran down the parking lot and up and down all the different aisles across to the very end and then came back. Um, that was just under 2K. Um, it was about yeah, a little bit less than 2K. And if I was the weather permitting, I was out there doing all of my runs uh, in the parking lot. Needless to say, the security guys and everybody else working in the hotel, you know, initially they thought it was nuts. Even by the end, they probably thought it was nuts too. But but eventually they would wave at me and they would have water bottles waiting for me, you know, along the way. Again, again, you're running back and forth the parking lot. You don't go very far. Uh, but it was fun to, you know, see them out there supporting me. Um, and I ended up did it, doing all my long runs with the exception of one uh, in the parking lot. I've got a, a Garmin, you know, trace of me running 18 miles in a parking lot back and forth. And it's pretty much one big fat line of going around and around in, in circles. Uh, I guess it's good mental training. If you can run, you know, 18, 20 miles in a parking lot, you can probably run a marathon during an Ironman without too much um, mental problem. Uh, but again, not... Not the best best place to train, but it was it was worth it. It was better than running on a treadmill. I did end up doing some three hour runs on a treadmill. Um, the gym was was small. The air conditioning didn't work well, um, but I had a routine down. I would get there at um, around five thirty or so in the morning when it was long run day. I would run for an hour watching an episode of Game of Thrones or some other TV show. I would stop after an hour. I would change my shirt, refill my water bottles, have a gel or something run a second hour, stop, change, refuel, run the third hour, and then um, I would go jump in the pool to cool off um, just because it was ridiculously warm in, in the gym, no matter how low you would uh, turn the air conditioning. Um, again, I, I hate treadmills, but it was you didn't have a choice. You're living in, in a place where you have to uh, run inside or in a parking lot or you're not going to get your training done. And this was my first Ironman. Um, you know, I've done lots of marathons by that point, probably maybe 20 um, by 2016. So I knew what 
what would happen if I didn't get fully trained for this race. Um, so I just, I persevered and, and pushed my way through. And then I went to Florida in the end of October and, you know, did some last, you know, couple of weeks of training before the race there. Uh, and then, then went to race day and uh, had a good experience with the race. And I'll get to that in a minute. So race day, you know, I remember um, getting to the start line, you know, dropped off my transition bags the day before, went and pumped my tires the morning of the race, you know, changed into my wetsuit. Um, I had two of my friends were there supporting me. My friend Holly, who was my, my running partner, had come over from Houston to support me. And one of my friends, Keels, um, who has a house in Florida, um, drove up from Orlando, or maybe she came over from New Orleans at the time um, to support me as well. Um, and they were, they were there helping me keep calm um, before the race. Again, I was staring down the, the barrel of 140.6 miles. The thought was kind of daunting. And I remember standing on the beach, heading over to where the, the swim start was. And, you know, I was getting emotional and I was, you know, scared of the distance. And, you know, a marathon only takes four, four and a half hours. I'm going to be out there for, you know, 14 or 15. This is going to be awful. And, you know, you just get that little bit of tears in your in your eyes and that emotional, oh, my God, I don't know if I can I can do this, even though I've been told and tell everybody you always have to trust your training. And just as I was going through that, Holly and Kiels grabbed me, put their arms around me and said, no crying on race day. Now get out there and do it. And that was it. After they told me that, I was fine and ready to go. I just need someone to you know, break that mental, mental block um, and get me past that emotional moment. And, and off I went to the start line. So uh, the day before the race, um, we had done this practice swim and it was absolutely flat, calm water. You could see you know, five, 10 meters down to the bottom. You can see all the tropical fish swimming around. Um, the swim is held in the in the Gulf of Mexico off the coast of Panama City Beach, Florida. Absolutely beautiful, crystal clear water. Race day comes and it is absolutely howling wind coming mostly in from the shore, the water onto the shore. Plus there's a little bit of current um, so the waves and the chop were somewhere between a meter and two meters when the farther out you got. Um, the Florida Ironman course is is two laps. Um, so you swim out and, and back in a rectangle. Uh, you do an Aussie exit and run across the beach for 100 meters or so, and then you go back and do it again. Um, the waves were great for surfing on the way in. They were battering you and pushing you around on the way out. Uh, and I think they ended up pulling about 200 people out of the swim or 200 people didn't finish the swim from that race, which is about 10% of the field. It was a, it was a pretty, pretty gnarly day, but having grown up swimming and sailing, I, I was comfortable in the water and, you know, I thought, you know, I thought it was fun. It was challenging, no doubt. Uh, but I really, uh, I really enjoyed uh, the swim. Um, the hardest part of, for me of the race was definitely the bike. I am not a natural cyclist. Um, again, training indoors did not give me anywhere near the comfort of riding on a bike while I'm moving and there's it windy and everything else um, like you would get in, in a normal training situation. Um, so for me, that was the hardest part of the day. I just could not wait to get off the bike. It was really windy. I had my power targets, but I wasn't sure if I should hit my power targets or pay attention to my heart rate because my heart rate was up because I was nervous. I was somewhat uncomfortable. Um, with the wind pushing me around, which is not something I had experienced before. So yeah, that was definitely um, the one leg of of the entire Ironman that I couldn't I couldn't wait to be over with. So I, I did the I did the bike based mostly on heart rate because I knew that's something I can control. Um, I was probably slower than than I wanted to be. But again, my first race 
all I really wanted to do was finish. And if that's what it took to get done with the bike and get me to the run where I was the most comfortable, um, then that's, that's what I had to do. But that was definitely the, the worst part. The highlight of the race was probably the run. Um, it was a two-loop run. So you ran out and back to a state park. And again, um, closed roads. Um, part of the closed roads ran through a, a neighborhood that had a bar in the middle of it. And the, the bar, people couldn't get in and out in their cars because the roads were closed. So they had this very much the same people were there starting around noon, um, drinking and cheering us on as we were running by. And every time we ran by, they were kept offering us beer, you know, just as you get tired of drinking water and eating gels. So on the fourth time I went through the, the parking lot of the bar, I was on my way back into the finish, only had about four or five K left to go. I knew I was going to make it. Um, so I finally went over and the same guy that had been yelling at me to have a beer for the, the first three times through the parking lot. You know, I took one from him and, and drank it over the next couple K and, you know, just enjoyed being able to come in to the finish the highlight was certain were certainly you know having the beer on the way in and, and definitely finishing you know finishing your first anything is always an accomplishment first 5k first 10k first marathon first triathlon first whatever it is it's always an accomplishment no matter how experienced you are in doing any other kind of races your first time at a new race at any distance is always something that should be celebrated and i i did i have a wonderful video of me um, jumping and pumping my fist as I as I crossed the finish line because I was beyond excited that I couldn't believe I had I had actually done it. Had no idea what my time was. I still wasn't comfortable in figuring out how my watch to go on triathlon mode and be able to see what my total time while I was doing any one of the three legs. So I I knew what I had done for each one, but had never really put it on all together. Um, but so I didn't really know what my time was until after I had finished, hit stop looked at my watch and then, you know, my friends and family came over and were so excited that, that I beat what my target time was going to be by a, a significant amount. At that point, I was just thrilled and sore and painful and, and really happy to, it was all done. Um, it was a really fun day. You know, again, first race, I didn't have any real goals other than to finish. In my mind, I knew I wanted to finish somewhere around 14 and a half hours. I, I thought that was a, a, good, a good guess. I figured with transitions, about an hour and a half for the swim, six and a half, maybe a longer for the bike. And then a four and a half hour run would, you know, somewhere around 14 ish would be, was where I was thinking I was going to be. And I ended up coming in at 13, 13. So I was, uh, I was quite pleased um, with, with how the whole, the whole day went really, really enjoyed it. Um, I could sit here and tell stories about different parts of the bike or the run all day long. But um, again, I, I loved, I loved every minute of it aside from you know, just wanted to get off the bike. I could not wait to get off the bike and, and get to the run. And mostly because I wasn't able to, to train outside and I, I wasn't as comfortable as I as I needed to be um, in order to have a more proficient and more confident bike leg. Oh boy, what did I, what did the race teach me? Um, it taught me a lot. Mostly, we'll go first, mostly it taught me to trust my training. I hadn't, was just guessing on what my swim time was going to be. I hadn't really paid attention to, you know, what, my times were and as as we were i was doing all my my swim training you know i was talking with my coach afterwards about how excited i saw my finally saw my watch and you know holy cow i did this in an hour and 10 hour and 12 minutes and she said yeah she's like i knew you were going to be somewhere around there based on all your performances over the you know from from your swim training and i said oh okay and she's like if you had trusted your training on the bike just like you did on the swim and the run you probably would have you know finished even faster than you had and you know she's right if i had gone by power instead of heart rate I certainly would have had a faster performance, but I don't know if I would have been as confident. Um, I was 
clearly nervous about getting to the run and I didn't want to blow up on the bike. I wanted to make sure that I got there and could handle the run because I know what it takes to run a marathon. I didn't know what it takes to cycle 180 kilometers. Um, that's not something you do normally in your training, um, especially when you're indoors and you know you can stop the trainer and get off and go to the bathroom, go to the refrigerator, get some food, whatever you need to. Not as easy to do in, in the middle of a race. Um, so yeah, it taught me to trust my training. Uh, it taught me to enjoy the day. You know, I really tried to make the most out of it. Um, I was not trying to be ultra competitive. So after each leg, when I was in transition, I did a full change of my outfit. I got done with the swim. I was not wearing a tri suit. I was just wearing a, a swimsuit and a wetsuit. Took all that off, put on my favorite cycling bibs, put on my favorite cycling top. Off I went. My transition times were way too long. The other thing it taught me is I don't need to take as much time in transition as as I thought I did. And then finished the bike, took off all my cycling kit, put on my favorite running shorts, put on my favorite running top, put on a red sequin sparkly skirt so my friends and family could could find me easily because, you know, with thousands of people running, it's not always easy to see someone. So yeah, it also taught me to enjoy the day, which which I would tell everyone else who's doing one of these, whether it's a, you know, half Ironman, Ironman, marathon, whatever, especially your first one, you want to make sure you enjoy it because if you don't, you're probably never going to do another one. Or you're going to say, oh, that was terrible. I have to get revenge and, and do a second one. But trust me, signing up for and doing a second one is a lot more enjoyable when the first one has been a good experience. Um, so that's that's the things that I, I probably learned the most. Trust your training and enjoy the day. And I think if you trust your training, you'll be able to get through any of the dark, low spots that normally happen during endurance races, whether it's a marathon, an Ironman, you know, an ultra run. Most of us at some point will go through a, a dark time, you know, whether it's five minutes or half an hour or something where you, you just feel like the world is against you. You don't want to do this anymore. You just want to stop and quit. And then you come out of it. Some, you know, whether it's somebody on the sidelines cheering you on, yelling your name, it, it breaks that cycle in your brain and then you're good to go. And I, and I think just trust your training, um, do what you're, what you're supposed to do and you'll, you'll get through it. One of the things my coach did tell me before the race, which has stuck with me ever since, ever since, and I, I try to tell this to everybody else who's doing these long triathlons, is win the mile you're in. You can't win or even make it through a triathlon if you start at mile zero and think, oh, I'm doing an Ironman. I have 140 miles to go. That's going to be you know, 12 or 14 or 15 hours, and it's so long, and oh my God, this is I've only done one mile. I've got 139 to go. Win the mile you're in whether it's the one of the two miles in the swim, whether it's one of the 112 miles of the bike or one of the 26 miles of the run, focus on where you are, not where you need to get and not where you're going to be. You know, Win that mile and then you can win the next one and then you win the next one. And, and by focusing on a little bit as you go, I can just get through this mile. I can just get through this mile. Eventually, you'll get to the end and you'll be happy. You'll be happy and you'll be done. And focusing on that mile you're in also helps you get out of those dark times where your brain just wants to shut off and go home. And you say, nope, I can make it this mile. Okay, I've made it that mile. All right, what are we going to talk about this mile? And you have conversations in your head or you count the trees going by or you you know cycle to the next mailbox. Whatever it is, um, you give yourself that just that little focus on where you are. And it takes away that huge daunting number of 140.6 that you, you started with at, at the beginning of the day. Yeah, what advice would I give for someone who wants to sign up for, you know, a half Ironman, Ironman or ultra run or anything like that? I say do it. They're a lot of fun. The training is a lot of work. The training's harder than race day. Race day is really just an enjoyment and celebration of all the training that you've done. You know, race day takes, you know, a marathon four to five hours, an Ironman, you know, 11, 12, 14 hours. You know, that's one week's worth of training in one day and you've done 
40 weeks worth of training leading up to to an Ironman, for example. So if you can do the training and you have the time for it, um, absolutely sign up for one of these, but definitely get a coach. I would never want to do one of these on my own. Having a coach who looks at your workouts and sees how you've done and provides feedback on a daily basis is great or a weekly basis, whatever your coach does. Mine have always done it on a, on a daily basis. My, my coach, my first Ironman was a friend of mine from high school. Mary was was wonderful. I, I was with her as a coach for about eight years before she retired from coaching and, and she was fabulous. And now I'm working with Jan Gremmen and Team Flying Dutchman. And he's been great too. He Every day there's a comment on my workout telling me how I was doing, asking me how I felt. Um, would have a little chit chat about things. He gave you your, your workouts a week at a time so you could adjust based on your vacation schedule or how you were feeling, how you're doing. If, if my performance started to drop off, he would dial things back a little bit. If I was doing well, he might um, crank them up a little bit, but he was, you know, he had a, he knows what he's doing. And all you have to do if you have a coach is do the workout, provide your feedback, have a chat with your coach on, you know, your progression and how you're feeling um, on a day on a daily basis, whether you enjoyed this run or you had problems, you couldn't hit the power on your bike, you you struggled with this particular swim workout, whatever it is, and they'll make adjustments for you. Um, you just have to go out there. And for someone who's type A like me, I like to see all the green boxes and training peaks. It makes me feel like I'm I'm doing things right, as opposed to, you know, having reds and yellows where it means I'm not hitting my training. I'm not saying that anyone doing one of these has to get every single workout in 100%. Life happens, you know, you can't, you can't do 100% training all the time because you're going to miss your life with your friends and your family. And that's not really what this, we're not professionals. You know, we need to have a balance. So yeah, if you, if you miss one workout here and there, it's not a big deal. You've got six, seven, eight, nine months of training to get ready for an Ironman. Missing one workout isn't, isn't the end of the world. And for me, it's, it's really interesting. I've noticed in most of my marathon training and, and my Ironman training that somewhere about three to five weeks before the race, when I'm doing one of my last two major peak weeks, something always goes wrong in one of those runs or one of the bikes. You know, I'll be supposed to be doing a three-hour uh, run at a certain pace, and I, after an hour and a half, I just can't hold it anymore, and I just have to, you know, slow down, walk here and there. Something always goes wrong on, on one of my last couple peak runs, and something always goes wrong on one of my last peak bikes, and that's okay. I'd rather have it go wrong then while I'm in training and I can correct than have it go wrong on base day. So yeah, if you're, and, and I, I use that advice for people, you don't have to hit every single workout and don't feel like you have to, um, but get a coach. And if, when you do most of them and you do most of them well, um, you'll be fully trained and fully prepared uh, for race day. And, you know, then you just enjoy the day and you never know what you're going to get. Wind, rain, sun, heat, cold. Um, but you've done your training, you've done the work um, and you'll be able to get out there and, and have a great day. Um, I would also say find some, some people to train with um, I had two of the best training partners I could ever um, hope to have. Um, Katarina and Rob supported me through all my Ironman training. Uh, we trained for a half Ironman together. That was um, a few months before the last one I did in um, this past December. And having um, wonderful people like that support you and be there for you when you're having your good days and your bad days um, is really, really, it's priceless. Um, so find people that, that you can train with that were that you can be there for to support and that are there to support you um, and it makes the training um, and the joy of the racing and the joy of the training um, all that much better hi my name is katarina marley and i have just entered 40 to 45 year old age group i moved to dubai from london a little over 10 years ago i'm a mother of twin girls and i work in recruitment for the financial services industry 
I used to cycle in high school, but had a severe accident, which put me off this beautiful sport for more than 15 years. I got back on the bike just after COVID. And since then also added swimming and running to make it a full triathlon experience. Cycling still remains my number one sporting passion and I enjoy the training journey for all the tri events. My first solo 70.3 distance triathlon happened in 2022 in Salala in a beautiful Oman. After a few attempts of my own of doing Dubai 70.3, which didn't happen for me as I was either injured or I did a part of a team. And later on, when I was ready, it was canceled as a whole. I remember standing at the finish line of Dubai 70.3 and watching my friends and athletes complete it. And I really craved the finish of that finish line for myself. Same evening after everyone finished, <laughs> I went on the website of Ironman and looked through every single race happening in the next six to 12 months. Salala was the one that connected and spoke to me. The pictures looked amazing. So that was it. I signed up and announced it a couple of days later to my friends and family and got all my friends on board with it. And so we began the training. It really was the most special and memorable athletic experience ever. We were a close group of friends, coached and part of the same team and did all the training together with people joining us and everyone's support and encouragement has been beyond heartwarming. All those Saturdays in the Dubai summer hit when we trained and all the runs we did off the bike with everyone cheering. And let me tell you, my running is nothing worth cheering for, but all the people that shouted out and cheered for us, that's just permanently imprinted in my memory. And it kept me going on the day of the race. I remember the day of the race and start line very well. I woke up in the morning and I was terribly sick. Whilst I was as composed as can be mentally and physically, there are just some things which were outside of my control. I trained and pictured and prepped for every minute of that day. But guess surprises will still find you no matter what. But the minute I heard the countdown, I saw that start line and all my teammates and friends around me, I felt back in the zone and it was showtime and enjoying every second of what's to come. The low light was realizing that my watch has died in T2 and I need to run 21 kilometers completely on feelings. And let me tell you, that is not something I have for the run. It is my most challenging discipline. And every time I had to run on feelings during training, I completely messed it up. I was asking fellow runners for time just so that I can know when I can have my next gel, how much we've run, where we're at. And people were looking at me really silly because I'm still wearing my watch. But after a lap or so, everyone around me learned my issue and I had the time announced by those who understood the situation. Every single part of it, the training, the traveling, the camaraderie, the energy before, during and after the race. And of course, that finish line feeling, that is incomparable. One thing though, Mr. Gordon, who was announcing the finishers that day, didn't announce me as I crossed that line, as he was looking the other way. So most definitely, I will have to do one again. <laughs> the journey and the people you're with make the most unforgettable experience. And David Goggin said it right. When you think you're done, you're only 40% done. My advice for anyone considering a try is just sign up and everything you need will find you and fall into place. 
you are much stronger than you think and there are amazing people out there to support you every step of the way and your people will always find you just go for it my name is Zahra Al Khalisi um, I'm 36 years old I'm from Iraq but I was born and raised in Abu Dhabi in the UAE uh, I'm a mom of three and I work in communications Growing up, I was always a runner. I liked to do 5K, 10K races. That's as much as I used to do. But uh, as an adult, uh, I, I started increasing the distances, doing my first half marathon and uh, only recently started doing triathlons. My first triathlon was in 2019. It was a sprint distance, which was 750 meter swim. 20k bike and a 5k run. It was the JLL uh, triathlon in uh, Jebel Ali. And a lot of people were talking about triathlon then and uh, lots of my friends were getting into it. So I thought, why not uh, try something different? The one thing I wasn't sure about uh, with triathlon was the swim. I just wasn't I didn't know how could I swim for that long in open sea. And a friend of mine was like, you can do it. Just, you know, come come, let's practice in a pool. Just keep going in a pool and you'll see, you know, how, how long you, you can go for. And that was it. You know, once once I was able to do that and I was like, OK, yeah, maybe then I then I could then I could keep swimming. That was kind of the prep for the first uh, triathlon. It's, it wasn't I didn't have a time. I didn't have a coach. Uh, I didn't even have a bike. Uh, I went and I rented one. I didn't have a watch. I borrowed my friend's watch. It was more of, you know, let's, I can run, I can bike, and now I know I can swim. So let's just put these three t things together and see how I get on. At the start line, I remember um, being very nervous, especially, you know, you're starting with an open sea, open sea swim, uh, which can always be nerve wracking. And uh, I was with a friend who also was doing her first triathlon. And I remember just, you know, we were both just looking at each other with like nervous giggles and saying, you know, why are we doing this? Um, and that's that was <laughs> that's how the race began. So I was just I just wanted to finish this race, you know, just enjoy each part um, as, it, as it came. But I think one of the things was like I was such a beginner and there was some of these really fast uh, triathletes. So uh, I took my bike uh, after transition, the first transition, and I was it, it, you go straight into a roundabout. And I remember this one guy yelling at me saying left, left. And I, you know, all these words and I, I didn't know what they meant at the time. So when someone was screaming left, I thought he was telling me to move to the left. But now I know that left means he's passing on my left. So, you know, so I moved to the left and he was coming from the left and he was one of these really intense, serious riders. And, you know, I think I really annoyed him for no reason, really. You know, we weren't in the Olympics, but uh, that was, you know, I just that was one experience that now I know what he meant. But at the same time, you know, there there, there are always going to be beginners. And I think everyone should be uh, mindful of that and, you know, not not to take it that seriously. Yeah, he was quite angry and said a few uh, unnecessary words to me. So that was uh, an, uh, an experience that uh, I wouldn't forget. But now I know what left means when someone's passing by on a bike. I really enjoyed this race. I think it was just just so nice to feel like 
oh, I'm able to to finish it. And um, we were a group of uh, five or six friends and some of us were beginners. And it was nice, you know, we all waited for each other at the at the finish line. And it was nice just to be with friends and everyone was just uh, really happy and feeling very accomplished. This race really taught me that wow, I can actually do this, you know, and I remember being very excited. I signed up for the next one, which was probably a week or two weeks later for another sprint triathlon. I think I was just hooked after that. I think one lesson learned is you never know if you don't try. Like for the longest time, I always thought, you know, uh, I won't be able to manage the swim. And if it wasn't for my friend pushing me and saying, no, I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure you can do the swim, then I wouldn't have, have known. So I think there's always, you know, try something because you never know what the outcome might be. And uh, in my case, you know, it was a very positive one, knowing that uh, I'm able to do a triathlon, a sprint, and then move to the Olympic and then move to uh, a half Ironman, which would be in my wildest dreams. The other thing that I also wanted to say is that uh, everything takes time. You know, now when I think about it, thinking this is almost uh, four or five years ago and, uh, you know, wanting to get things done quickly. And then then I started focusing on time and, and things like that. But, you know, it, it's uh, it's kind of it's a journey, you know, so that now when I think of how beginner I was, you know, I, I laugh about it. But that that's part of the experience to enjoy those first time experiences and, and, and slowly grow into uh, uh, into a more advanced athlete um, and and enjoy the process. I think maybe, you know, a few years down from now, I even look back at this time and think, oh, I didn't know this and I'm learning that. And yeah, not, not to be too hard on yourself. Um, all these things come with time. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we ask that you please share it with family, teammates, friends, and even frenemies, or share via social media. Please also leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Five stars only. And visit us on themetalset.com for more stories and resources. Thanks again for listening. Your support means the world to us. This is The Metal Set.